Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Once again, we have a great lineup of viewer questions tonight. Some of the questions that you're asking are just in interesting and some of them are really showing me that you're thinking a lot about your question before sending it in. Now, we're going to continue to share our thoughts on the market and, and of course, on the answers to those questions. Our topic for tonight, will the Aussie and US stock markets rise post the US election? Hmm, interesting question, isn't it? Now, before we get into the show, if tonight is your first time watching, we'd like to give you a special welcome and thank you for tuning into the show. We look forward to sharing many more evenings with you over time. Now, we'll answer your most burning questions on these shows or trading questions, and this includes providing an opinion on where our favourite, your favourite, maybe our favourite, stocks are headed. And each week of the month, we rotate through different markets and share our thoughts on the charts to keep you informed. Remember, our goal for the show is to make your trading or investing journey easier and safer by informing and educating you on the realities of successful investing and trading. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Good evening. How are you, Mr. Gillam? Oh, sorry, I've just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> was that exciting? <laughs> yeah, well, that was a long introduction. Yeah, look, I'm how awake. are you coping with COVID and... Oh, I'm terrible at the moment. Are I you? really am. Yeah, I'm really sort of tired and you a haven't bit been flat. getting out and doing your 140k sprint on the bike. 40k sprint. I can't. Now. Up until recently, I can't go. In. It cost takes a kilometre at the end of my street, so I can't go too far away. Yeah. <laughs> so, so where do I go? Yeah. Look, I was actually thinking during the week about mm. the plight of single mums, and I was, mm. I was thinking, imagine the single mums if you're out there listening, working mm. from home during COVID. How do you do that? And look after looking your kids. after the kids, mm. and you know, it must be really challenging for them just to be mm. uh, dealing with everything right now. So I. I just a thought for single mums out there tonight. Oh, and I feel for all the small business people that have you know, been trying to run a business that can't. They can't yeah. open up. They can't do things. And it's just terrible. But well, you were telling go me cats. That, oh, he go wants cats. to talk about Geelong. And I'm not can really I wear, Can I that. wear it all night long and next week and everything after we win the grand final? Go I was cats. just going to say how, how um, you yeah. know, great you were in, on previous um, Tuesday shows about talking about the plight of farmers. Mm. And, you know, they went through the, the bushfires and everything else. But I've, I've spoken to a few farmers recently and they haven't been affected by COVID. So no. that's really fortunate for farmers. Well, they have and they have and they haven't been in terms of like they've they don't. They haven't been getting COVID, but the problem is they can't get people to help them. Well, the crops, pull the crops out, and everything. But else. in terms of they can get out and about. You know, mm. they're not restricted and they've got all this beautiful space to go into. But mm. Mm. in terms of the the, the sheep um, farmers and the and the cattle, mm. the, the price of meat has gone up. 
quite a lot. Oh yeah, mm. it is very, very much so. But um, but where are we up to now? We've got to keep moving on, otherwise we'll never get to the end of it. But remember, if you do have a burning question for us, you can send us your question as an email. But really, don't be shy. Really have some fun and record a 30-second video. We'd love to see your shining dial there and a smiling face there. So send them through to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Shining dial? I don't know about that. Shining dial. <laughs> well, they say smile when you dial, so pick the phone up and dial. So you pick the phone the up and shove it. I can't get the cloth and dust off your, your no, you skull. You, you do hey, have a bit of a shine hey. up there occasionally. I know, but God only created a few perfect heads. The rest he put hair on. So. Oh, help me, okay. I know you Moving on, it's the third Tuesday in the month, and this means that we look at world markets. So let's get into the charts right now, shall we? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can, can I be serious now that you've just together, said that? Girl. Hold it together, girl. Okay. Yeah, my, Have I said my, go I'm, catch it? My feet are dancing under the table right okay. now. So look at this. You can see um, the top of the leaders board. We've got the Tokyo 1000 index for today. Yeah, so okay. we're looking at really short term. Now, the reason it's on daily is you look at daily, don't you? <laughs> I usually skip to the weekly. Well, I do but, too. Why do you need daily? Well, the daily is just interesting, but it's it's what the news readers give us, um, which we don't really focus on at all, do we? No, but it's one day doesn't make a sheep station. But like look, if about. if you just look at the day though, the, mm. the Asian markets are all leading. So that's what yeah. I thought was interesting. Asian about markets it. up, Europe's mm. about flat, and the US is all US indices are down. Yeah, the major ones are down. So if we look at um, mm. the week, so let's just expand that a little bit. Mm. We can still see the Asian markets mm. up for the week. Obviously, it's only Tuesday, and Australia's down at the in. 0.18% up for the week in the Australian market and the, the US markets are all down well, that's still only one day for the for week. anyway, yeah. Yeah, so well, yeah. it's nothing, is it? So looking at the month, we can see there the S&P ASX 200 is up, so that's good to well. see. Australian All Ordinaries Index is up. We're looking at the um, the CAC right in the middle of the board, 2.6%. So coming down mm. from that, we've seen Asian markets until we head to... Um, the US market and European markets occupying the bottom of the of the leaders board at the moment, but it's all a sea of green. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's you know like uh, with our my reports that we do on on flicks, and we also yep. the US reports we do on flicks, or I do, or you we both do actually. Sorry, and the, the Australian market report we do on YouTube yep. um, every Monday. We're talking about last week being that sort of hump week in the middle of the month. So okay. from here, we'll determine what the markets are doing. So US was down yesterday. Mm -hmm. So both the Dow and the, and the S&P were down quite strongly yesterday. So it'd be which interesting is, to see where it happens. Which is really nothing, though, the for the, in, the start of the week, is it? No. So You're it really happier depends. when it's down at the start of the week. Yeah. So it'd be nice if, mm. it was, if it was up at the end of the week, then that's looking good for the rest of the year. So, yep. you know, to me, um, if it's... If it's down and we're closing low on Friday and we're down again next week, we might we might actually get that low in October that we're expecting. But it's interesting. Somebody somebody quoted, you know, Dale's finally finally bullish on the market, and I'm thinking, obviously they're not watching our reports properly, because you know? <laughs> okay. it's like, yeah, I was expecting a low in October. Mm. So, but doesn't mean I'm super bearish. I mm. mean, we're always talking about the market being into going up into next year and being good next year. So yep. I'm not sure. It's interesting how people take things out of context. Well, isn't you just it? have to keep updating them each week. No, I think we'll give it over to you, everybody. I think we'll get Janine <laughs> to do the market reports from now on. So, where are we heading at okay, the moment? Okay, so I'm just looking at the year. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Nasdaq Composite's still up significantly, so 27% well. up. Mm. We've got a lot of um, a big mix in there, mm. so you can see that the US market occupies the top part of the leaders' board. The Australian market's in there at 4.8% up. 
Mm. We've got the Tokyo index 1000 up 1.32%. The CAC's minus 1.3 for the year still, so still in the negative territory. Look at the FTSE in the straight The times. All Ordinaries index, though, it's down 5.96% still for the year. It's not too bad, though, after COVID meltdown and everything else. I mean, we haven't, we mm. obviously, we haven't done much over the last since June. Yeah. So we're only up it's just, mildly It's been since sideways. June. Yeah, mm. we're sideways. I mean, we had nine days up where eight of those days are closed higher than it opened. Mm. Uh, we did have a down day. Um, so it was understandable we've had a couple of down days, but nothing True. too much to worry about at the moment. But what I'm finding interesting right mm. now, right, is that there's a huge mm. gap now between the real, the, the markets that are really been struggling, which mm. is the Hang Seng and the Straits Times Industrial Index and mm. the FTSE 100. That's, yeah. They're still well down, and yet mm. the other markets are pushing it ahead. The US market's come off a bit. Yeah. So it's just more of a balancing act, I think, now yep. with the markets across the globe. Mm. 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 Well, well, now we've got to get into our questions, but we do have oh, our first question tonight um, for our viewer question. And I really do want to thank everybody that sent an email through to us. We really do appreciate that. But we actually got a video question from Denise today so let's get into Dinesh's question hi Dale and Janine hope you guys are well uh, I've been looking at uh, EML payment since a while and it looks like it's giving a trend line entry so if you can if you guys can uh, explain this one and uh, let me know whether am I right or wrong that would be great thank you fantastic well, that's All right. he's a good-looking dude yeah isn't that what I'm supposed to say? He's a good-looking dude. Fantastic, yeah. Look, okay, now EML Payments Limited, mm -hmm. you can see there on the screen. Uh, look, let's just first, before we talk about the trend line, first of all, I just want to set the scene for this stock. It's quite a volatile share. Yep. And often volatile shares, it's quite challenging to get trend lines on them and get them right. So... You know, if I was to say, is there a trend line on the stock, um, I'd have to go back to all the, the rules and just be really carefully considering that because the rules, people might think that there is a downtrend line there. Um, depends on what rules you're using. It depends on the rules that you're using. So this could actually be a pattern depending on the rules that you're using mm. rather than, a, than an actual um, trend line. So often when we're looking at um, particular trends or moves on a stock, we're, we're trying to establish whether the trend has been confirmed and there are a number of different rules which um, it would t probably take me about five minutes to go into that right so what, now. So what you're saying to Dinesh is in a nice way, it's not a, not a trend line on the rules that we use that we teach our students. So we have five rules on trend lines, but we can understand why he drew the line there and think it's a trend line. Is that yeah. what you're trying to say? Look, I think it is a trend line because I'm just, it's hard for me to see on this angle um, in terms of whether that actually is confirmed or not as a turning point. Yep. So for me to confirm that turning point, I'd have to actually check and count all the bars. So it's just something that I, on yeah. this angle, you can probably see it better than me. But but if that was a trend line going into that low, then he'd be right. Well, it's not a trend There'd line based entry. on our rules. Mm. So based on, but again, it just depends on how you're drawing your trend line, Dinesh. And, and really, I can understand why you drew it there. I don't have an issue with that it's if we were teaching you as a trader we'd be teaching our other rules a little bit more solid by right now but it's looking good at the moment isn't it so, yeah look i mean he's identified mm. the fact that it looks like it's actually mm. turned a corner yeah. and that's really important i think so good yeah, go i'd stay it. with it if he was mm. if he was in it mm. cool so we got another question right now our first email written question is actually from paul and by the way thanks dinesh for sending in that video that's really mm. awesome to see that you've done you that before to say we he's on? good looking too okay. oh gee. Hi there. Do you want me to I was, play drums? 
I was hoping that you could take a look at Appen, APX. I think we've had this one on before. Mm. Looks to me like it fell away from the high of $43 back to around 50% retracement line to test the previous high at $30 and is now on its way back up with four weeks of growth since. I bought it at just over 33 just over two weeks ago, but keen for your thoughts on the medium term. Thanks, oh, Paul. Fantastic. Yeah, this is one of the ones we cover every now and again because it's part of the WAC stocks. Yeah. Appen is those and... I know we talked about the WAC stocks a few weeks back, how they've outperformed the FANG stocks in the mm. US, which surprised a hell of a lot of people. But I like this stock. I really do. Yeah, it looks nice. I mean, I agree. Look, looking at the stock as to, first of mm. all, I mean, I think he bought around $33 or thereabouts. Yeah, two so weeks ago, about $32, he said. Yeah, so I'm mm. not sure exactly what his rules were, but if he had rules in place there, then that's great. Uh, Might have been a rule that was in the in our diploma course, but I'm not sure there. So look... Um, but since then, the stock has actually pushed up, but there is a little bit of resistance here too, mm. about $38. So it'll be interesting to see if the sh stock can actually find support. And he was talking about the distance that it's actually fallen, et cetera, which, you know, stocks, if they fall less than they rise by a substantial amount, in theory, that makes them stronger. Mm. So it could potentially get through this all-time high if you worked on that basis, provided it can get above that $38, $39 mark um, yeah. quite strongly. So. Yeah. I just keep watching it. Mm. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I'd and keep of course have it. a stop loss, a good stop loss on that to protect your downside. Mm. I think it's a good question too. But the next question we got from Brian um, who says, Hi, Janine and Dale bought PMV in at $12.60 in April uh, 2020 and also added to the position periodically. Notice the NAB technical analyst recommend to sell at $22.30 and NAB suggested PMV is now overvaluation. Look forward to your thoughts on whether you would one hold whilst in a confirmed uptrend and wait for change of direction, confirmation of change of trend, or two, sell half and take some profits, or three, sell all and secure profits due to strong current uplift regards. Brian, well thought out. Well, he's question. covered all angles, hasn't he? Yeah. So you can't escape. The other one, there's, there's point four, <laughs> give Dale and Janine all your money. No. <laughs> so you have to tell him now. So, so look at that. So the monthly strongly up for a start mm. and then the weekly strongly up. Now, that doesn't matter what um, particular analysts out there are saying about the stock. If the stock's strongly up, then you yeah. would stay with it depending on what your rules are. You see, that's the thing. So if you've got rules, then you wouldn't be selling it if they haven't been triggered. Mm. Even so. on the daily, I can't see any reason to sell it. It doesn't mean it won't come back. There's a possibility it could come back to find support after such a strong rise. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the trend's going to change at that point in time. No, it doesn't. And that's the point. It's about having rules mm. around this. And, and, uh, and, you know, an analyst saying it should, you know, it's going to go to, what does he say, 32.40 or something, was it? Something around there. Something like that. Like, I mean, when's they going to do that? And that could be next mm. week, next month, next year. And, and what are you going to do when it gets to that point? Are you going to stay in the stock or are you going to get out of it? It's just about having, protect the downside. That's all we keep saying, mate. Yes. But some Long people think, protect the downside, if, if people are talking about you should be selling it at a certain mm. point, etc., like, you know, they're thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll just sell it. No, they're saying it's overvalued. Therefore, sell it. Sell it. And that's sort of an implication of selling it. But then mm. why would you sell a stock that's going up? Yeah. I mean, so, how many stocks have been overvalued lately? Mm. Heaps. Heaps. Yeah. And they still keep going up. Mm. So, and the thing is, it's, that's what it is, is, is let the upside unfold and let it unfold and just have a, a stop loss underneath that. And that's really what you need to be doing and decide on that. So we're not going to say you'd sell half and then wait, but we would wait for it to turn and start to move down and have a, have a point on there where we would exit the position and take some profits. That's pretty much what we would do. So that's what I would suggest. Okay. Would, yeah. yeah, I'm happy with that. Cool. Okay. The next question we have is from Peter. 
Good evening, Janine and Dale. Now, um, Peter's put up a stock, I think, um, no, actually, Peter's question was about China. Was it? So oh, it was okay. all about that report that was um, he sent in. Now, we didn't go through the report in a fine-tooth comb, but it was basically saying that if mm -hmm. um, the Chinese decided to, um, you know, with coal or, or not, iron not ore. buy iron ore. Yeah. Okay. So they decided to, to block any purchases of iron ore from Australia. Mm. That, in theory, that um, you know, what could that mean for us, really? Mm. And I mean, that would be a really fairly significant, uh, have a fairly significant impact. So it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Were mm. they just starting to block other things, and then if we still didn't respond, we'll block mm. something really big that'll really upset you if okay, you don't. So, why don't you, so let's read mm. Peter's question because I think we've got the teleprompter working again. Oh, fantastic. I was trying to add a little bit there. Can we go? <laughs> so Peter, have no, we got we it working? The, no, it's no, not we working don't. again. So we're guessing again, but that's okay. Okay. Um, look, so that's really what the, the, the crux of the question well, actually, was. We can read it off there. Can you read it off there? How's that? Well, I've already said what it is anyway. Oh, well, you said what it is. So what's the answer? So the answer is that, okay, yes, it could have a dramatic impact on Australia, because we've seen that BHP, Rio and FMG have got huge gaps on their weekly charts. Yep. Now, that doesn't mean that the Chinese are going to go and um, block mm. iron ore, okay, and decide that they don't want to, um, what do you call that word again? Stockpile. Yeah. No. They're going embargo. to stockpile, embargo, a trade embargo on iron ore. Mm. But they have been stockpiling. You and I were talking about it this week. Yeah, yeah. That they've been stockpiling for years. Now, do people really know how much iron ore they've got anyway? I, I don't I, think they really I don't think they But they've been stockpiling do. coal as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, think about China. They're a powerhouse mm. and they basically say, well, if, if we can't buy it at the price we want, then we, we could potentially own it and they'll go around the world purchasing different companies mm. to be able to do that. I mean, their whole aim is to secure their their sovereignty and make sure they can protect their country and continue to have the supply mm. of the things that they need. So mm. on one side, I can understand what they're doing. I'm not talking about the reasons for why they would put an embargo on. I'm just saying that, okay, they've had piles of the iron ore in their ports for ages. They've just been stockpiling it. Mm. Um, so, and is that good for Australia or not? I mean, at some point... They could turn around and they could say um, that we're going to um, reduce the amount of iron ore that we're going to um, purchase from Australian companies. Absolutely, and they could do that mm. at any time. But it, when you're looking at things like stockpiling, like we already know China is the fastest growing economy in the world. It has mm. been for a few years, but it's slowed down. But it's still the fastest growing economy in the world. So it just makes sense. We, stock, we have to stockpile fuel, don't we? Because mm. we don't produce petrol anymore. We have to import it. So we've got to stockpile how many weeks in advance. So if China slowed down a little bit, but they know they're going to speed up again. So why wouldn't you stockpile iron ore and coal and everything else? China has more coal-fired power stations than anywhere in the world, and they're building a yeah. truckload more. So it just makes sense to, to guarantee your supply if mm -hmm. you need that. Correct. So that just makes sense to me anyway. So having them stockpile is not a negative to my book. It's just what they should be doing. Mm. Obviously, with iron ore, veil is opening a new mine, and that's the world's largest miner, I think, in iron ore. Well, the or Chinese, or Chinese are looking at uh, having their own mine in, mm. I think it was Africa, mm. so they could guarantee their own supply. And that's so, fine. Yeah, Apple, that's cool... Apple was trying, was buying mm. a rare earth so they could guarantee their battery supply. So what, but, yeah. you know, should a sovereign own a mine? I don't really know. A sovereign nation own a mine. But it's more about what we're talking about is what's going to happen with the price of BHP, Rio, yeah, Fortescue. Right. And that's the end of the day and the stock price. Well, which... What does that mean for our economy mm. as well? Like, mm. you know, how, what's, our economy has mm. been doing so well mm. because of what, they've, what these mining companies have done. 
Yeah, so there's no right or wrong answer, is there, really? But mm. again, if they're buying it somewhere else, then somebody else will buy our iron ore, probably. Um, well, and it might theory. get cheaper. We might be make selling it cheap and somebody else will start buying it. So, But, but it actually was interesting mm. from my point of view because I've been looking at the mm. charts for so long at these gaps mm. on the mining companies. Now, we never mm. know what's what the news report is going to be that actually mm. causes the share price mm. to come back and fill those gaps. Mm. I just hope it's not that. Yeah. Mm. Well, we need to move on for our next question. Um, otherwise, I'll fall asleep again. No, sorry, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have an email from Mendeep. Thanks, mate, for sending it in. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. Could you please... Tell us your thoughts on WSP or Whisper. Um, I bought it at $3.20 first and it was going up, so I added another position at $4. Fundamentally looked positive. I believe it had institutional selling and then it dropped and currently sitting around my average buy around $3.70 as, as it is trying to go back up again from the support of $3.20. Appreciate your views. And if uh, Janine scolds me, please save me, Dale. I'm on your side, man. Don't you worry about it. Oh, so, gosh. Goodness me, I won't scold you. I'm glad you they're saying that you're going to scold them instead of me because I'm always the one that's getting the bad comments and these political <laughs> correct people saying, Dale, behave yourself. Yes. Okay. You do okay. All right. Now, looking at the weekly chart there, you can see there last week it was a really strong week up. So you can see that, that now if we actually mm -hmm. match that off with volume, it would be good to put some volume on the, the chart there. So we can see if... Uh, now, where can we get that? There we go. Just quickly put it up. We can see that there was some spike volume. And I know you don't like my crosshair on there. You tell me off sometimes when I have this I'll on there because I forget to take it off. Leave it on there. <laughs> so you can see there that the spike volume there on the selling and then the volume's dropping back off, but we've got spike volume on the rise. Now, it's actually good to see spike volume on the rise. See that's down here. It's not mm. as big as what it was on the selling side, but it's still effectively you know, higher volume because that shows the demand behind it. Now, the only thing that I would just have a quick look at is just to see whether there was real conviction behind it and whether mm. there are any gaps there, because short term, yes, okay, it's closed um, today down. So that means we could see a few days down. The real risk is whether it's going to come back here to around 350 to fill that gap. Mm. So that that's what I'd be, I guess, cautioning against at the moment. It depends on how far this pullback is as to what the, the short term projection is like for this share. And of course, there's a gap on the weekly down here um, at around 250. So mm. we can't forget that. But some of the smaller stocks, they don't always fill gaps. No, they don't. Mm. I mean, this is a, you know a stock that is quite volatile. Um, that and you know you got to look at it. Is is this still going to go up? How much more can it go up? And I know I talked about this um, in my market report. You know, yesterday I was saying how people try and buy yesterday's returns, and we often see a stock that's been going up strongly. And then people try and get in it thinking they're going to get the same return again. And it's a real common mistake that people make. Now, I'm not saying this is a mistake, but then adding to a position that you've already got. So that that suggests there's some things there to look at, because why would you add to another a position again? Well, it depends so, if you're in profit. Depends on your profit, but just adding to it is not necessarily... There has to be a reason why you a add. A rule. A rule around yeah. why you add and, and what has to occur on that stock. Not just based on commentary. Not just based on commentary, yeah. Mm. So, uh, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, I think it looks all right at the moment, and you might be right, it might come back down again. But, you know, at this stage, um, yeah, it's probably one of those stocks where we need to make sure you're it's just going to have upside. to follow it on a day-by-day -day mm, basis gonna, at the yeah. moment because of the liquidity mm. issues around it so mm. yeah all right so, so let's move on to the next question okay. I think. we have a question from rob hello dale i have a question for you regarding silver the commodity is there any website where i can invest in silver without leverage <laughs> thank you for your response you give me that question don't rob. you 
Yeah, look, he actually asked you. It was for me. Oh, I see. So you read it and he asked me. Okay, Correct. good on you. That's fine. Do I? No, I don't know whether there's like, just Google it. Um, there's like, we did a video on gold uh, with Joshua only a few weeks ago and he talks about how you buy gold and silver. So I think the, I think it's the Australian bullion in Perth. I think they sell silver. I think there's also a company in Adelaide that sells silver um, as well. You can buy physical silver. You don't have to leverage into silver. You don't have to buy a contract like a futures contract and everything. You just buy the physical. Um, so, um, but yeah, um, there are places that will sell you physical gold, physical silver uh, and other things. So just go and have a look at those. Um, but just Google them, how to buy silver. Um, and I'm sure a lot of them will come up. I know when I did it only a few weeks back, I had a lot of places. I think there was every state in Australia, there was somewhere I could buy gold and silver, actually physical gold and silver. So just do that, that would be mine. Um, one thing I needed to bring up before we move on, I think it's the next question, I think. I know I've had a few people come to me and say, hey Dale, your book, I've gone to the website. I know you said with my book, I said last week, you can get it for free, just pay shipping. Yeah. And some people have come back and said, hey, I've gone to the website and it's full price. Well, if you go to the bookstore, it's full full price. So the special that we talked about for getting free. Oh, that's it free, on the homepage. That's on the homepage. So yeah. right at the top, you'll see a little thing saying, get the book, just pay shipping. Just click on that link and it'll take you to the special. If you're still not sure, just ring the team uh, and the girls will help you out there. Just ring um, Melbourne 03 and the girls will help you out um, and send the book out for you. So just do that. But that's you know, so yeah, that was said, good to clarify. You can get that. the book for free. Just pay the shipping. Um, and if you're on the on there ch chatting to the girls, say I'll have both books as well. All right, let's move on. Maybe everything. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We have lots more to come. And before we get into that, now's a perfect time to hit that subscribe button. Also like the video. Now, the topic for tonight is oh, the next the one. Topic. Awesome. Now it's time that we get into it. Yeah. So will the Aussie and US stock markets rise post the US election? Well, investors are feeling a little uncertain about the likely impact of the election outcome on their investments. And many believe that the election result will be close. Will Trump or Biden win? And who will be better for the stock market? Right now, given what occurred in the last US election, the outcome in this year's election is really anyone's guess. And due to this uncertainty, some investors are considering exiting the market prior to the election to avoid any pitfalls should the market fall away. So tonight, we'll look at the history of the US elections and the impact this had on the stock market to see if it will continue to be able to provide an indication of how the Australian and US markets will unfold when the outcome of the US election is known so that you're prepared. All right. Wow. Now we're going to share with some people some images of the US market shortly so we can see what the market's done during these different US presidential terms. Now this came from some research by a company called Dimensional Fund Advisors um, with information from Standard and & Poor's and an article in Forbes. So there's a lot of places we've researched to get this information. Now the article stated that research by a gentleman called Dan Clifton from Stratagas, that sounds, that's almost... I just wanted to make sure I credited everybody and then I made sure research. Dale had to read it. Stratagas research. Sounds sounds like a guitar band, doesn't it? Stratagas. I was hoping you get tongue tied. Yeah. Bring it to the stage. Stratagas. Stratagas partners. They show that every president who has averted a recession has been re-elected for a second term in the last one hundred years, all except one. So, mm, but Trump didn't hasn't averted a recession because the US is actually in a recession. Now. I know, but this is where Trump's going to be interesting. More about that later oh, in the show. Okay. So what but, are we doing? But first of all, we're looking at this chart here. 
Um, and I we, don't even know where I put my glasses. You probably need a magnifying glass. glass for this, That's don't you? so small. <laughs> okay, so what we talked about was how, okay, the last election we mm -hmm. had tr Trump in, obviously. Yep. Okay. And um, and the market's gone up since then, but you, t you can talk about what the market's done later. Mm -hmm. But if we look back, we can see there that over time, that, you know, this, this theory about what markets do when different uh, presidents get in is not clear cut and dry necessarily mm -hmm. until you look at the data. So with, so all the way back into the 1950s, say 4550, 5560, we can see Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, um, the market continued to go up. Then we, we had Nixon in there. Uh, that, was, that was a big recession. In the 70s, mm. that was recession city. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, you know, so this is the whole thing, isn't it? Vietnam War, all that sort of stuff was going on there. A whole range of stuff was going on, 60s, 70s. So that was what, So 70s? a big economic impact, basically, mm. is what you're talking mm. about. And then following that, through the from, from the 70s through the 80s, and into the 90s, we've had Carter, Reagan, Bush and Clinton. Look at the big rise that was there with Reagan and um, Bush and Clinton. Well, Clinton, from what I read, the, the stuff that I've read, he's the, the best president in terms of stock market growth, mm -hmm. um, whereas, whereas um, Donald Trump has the best first year in terms of office, his first year in office, the best growth in the stock market from their first year. Mm -hmm. So he was the best, but Clinton, best overall of all the presidents. Yeah, but if you were just looking at a chart, you wouldn't necessarily see that there was a particular pattern in no, all this, No, not really. You? It almost seems 50-50 whether Democrat or Republican, doesn't it? So mm. what's going on? I mean, obviously, we can overlay recessions on that and see what, where the recessions yeah, were. Yeah, so we should say, in case they don't mm. see it at the top, the Republicans are in red and the Democrats are in blue. Mm. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, But if we overlaid that, you'd see, you'd see an overlap of the recessionary points between when Democrats Democrats and Republicans are in, so one will be in a part of the recession, and then obviously somebody else will take over, which is pretty normal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Really, yeah. you're seeing, and it happens the same in Australia, where we might be in a recession for a period, and then we, we change parties because what we want as individuals is to get out of the recession. So we think the other party might do that for us because yeah. the party that's incumbent or the, the current party got us into the recession. So right now we're in a recession here in Australia. Obviously the Liberals are in power at the moment and it's got us in the recession, but it was like a, an event-driven recession. We were getting mm. out of it. Yeah, that's right. So so how do we vote in a few years' time when we've got to vote again? But what do we so, ask so we got? One thing is, mm. it, I think that the, the president that um, this didn't apply to, so the mm -hmm. one in the 100 years was actually Coolidge, is it? Was that, it Coolidge? And that was right where the um, big biggest correction in the market was for years. I think the market corrected, what, 80 or 90 percent? Yeah, when was market. that? Back in... That was in the in the oh, 30s. back in the 32. So, yeah. Back, back in the, the 29 crash. Yeah, so they, yeah, so he had the worst um, result in history. So what else have we got? We've got another image, haven't we? Or yeah, or? so the other image we've actually got is, um, now this one's interesting as well. This actually is, shows the presidential election years throughout history, mm -hmm. and it's got a calendar year performance during presidential election years. I thought it would be interesting to see what happens during the actual presidential year, yeah. and then we'll, before we walk into what could happen next. So the new president's elected, um, you can see they're on the left-hand side. So if, if there's a change of guard from Trump to um, mm -hmm. Biden, then it's saying here that we can expect stocks to rise on average by 9.3%. That's over time what's happened yep. um, when a new president's elected. Now, that, this is actually, um, this is in the presidential election years, though. Yep. Okay, yep. so if um, all presidential, for, so for all presidential election years, the average is 11.3% for stocks. Okay. 
So if Trump's re-elected, mm -hmm. on average, it's rising, well, not probably average with Trump, but on average with presidents that get re-elected for mm. a second term, it's 13.4. Yeah, 13. incumbent 4. president, it's 13.4. So it's actually yeah. higher. Yeah. So in theory, the markets would, you would think, mm. would want Trump to be back in, even though there have been a lot of people, brokers from different um, mm. institutions, having different opinions. So oh, it's hard do. to know what's right, because some brokers are saying, over in the US, are saying that if Trump gets elected, that it'll be bad for the stock market, and others are saying it'll be great for the stock market. And I think your point to me today was about, you know, where's the money for the campaign coming from and who's actually in whose camp, so. Yeah, but I mean, you're getting, you're getting traditionally apolitical organisations making commentary on what's going to happen. Mm. And that's really interesting that they're actually doing that. So peak institutions that don't normally comment on an election and what would happen, and how it might affect the economy or the market are making commentary right now. But it is interesting because obviously right now, um, from the numbers, the polling numbers, Trump's in the same boat that he was the last election. So how do you call an election? I know, isn't that interesting? And there's a huge number of people who are Trump voters who mm. don't tell anybody who they're voting for, um, which is quite interesting based on all the research that I'm doing and the people in the US that I'm talking to, which I talk to people in the US every week. Yep. So, but anyway, so let's keep moving on. So who okay. is likely to win the election? Yeah, that's the question. And Professor mm. Alan Lichman has predicted the result of the US election correctly since 1984 using his system of 13 keys. Now, I'm not going to go into the detail of those. 13's a lucky number. Right now, he's saying it will be a Democrat win, but he also alluded to the potential for some uncertain factors around Trump that could push the election the other way. Now, we don't know what those are, and we're not going to speculate on that. We'll just leave that one open. Conspiracy? So, <laughs> the research also showed that if the market is rising in the three months prior to the election, the incumbent party wins. And we know that often the US market will fall initially after a new president is elected. Mm, so that's something to bear Trump, in mind. And then yeah. it took off. So, yeah. so right now the market's not rising up for the last three months, it's sort of been going sideways, hasn't it? So it really hasn't been rising or falling, but it's probably a bit more rising well, than Well, we're going to have a look at the charts soon, okay. so we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, but does the fate of the market really rely on who is voted in during the next presidential term? Now, an article on In the Balance um, shared that a study by Fidelity indicated the average annual returns of the S&P 500 after a four-year US presidential term throughout history are roughly the same for Republicans and Democrats. Isn't so basically you're saying it doesn't matter who's in power. Well, look, this is the thing. That's why I wanted to put that in mm. there, because you mm. and I both know that there are cycles on all markets. All things that have a price that can be quoted mm. actually have cycles. I mean, there's cycles in the weather. Mm. Dale has cycles <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I'm grumpy. Sometimes I'm grumpier. <laughs> and look, you know, and the stock market has cycles. If people, I was so excited mm. when I first found out about the cycle studies and really got into this. And if you're interested in cycle studies, this is what it's really important if you're trading short term to know this. And we we actually teach people how to look at cycles in our Forex and CFD course. So that's something, you, mm. you know, if you're interested in this, you've got to know that. Um, but look, I mean, the, the fact is, how do, you, how do you actually look at this differently? Like, it's just... Well, I mean, you've got to consider what occurred when Trump was voted in. That's one thing we've got to look at, don't we? Yeah. And saying, well, what happened when he got in last time? So that's one thing we've got to look at. But we've got to look at the overall history. And the overall history says to us, it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican, okay, what's happening before the US election. So if the market's going down into the election, yep. then the incumbent president's unlikely to get in. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
So, but right now it's almost a line ball. The market has gone up. The, S the NASDAQ's up, but the Dow hasn't broken through its all-time high. The S&P did slightly when there's a lot of conjecture there. So it's really not conclusive at the moment, but let's look at the chart of the S&P 500 to see what has occurred this year and how the market fared in the last three months and how it's likely to unfold. And also we'll, how we like to consider the election impact on both of our markets. So we're going to look at the, both the S&P 500 and the All Lord News Index and see what's happening there. Now, unlike mm -hmm. people having an opinion just in an article, mm -hmm. like I'm not saying that the previous ones were just an opinion, they were based on some research, mm -hmm. but a lot of people are writing at the moment about this. Well, you know what opinions are like. Yeah. So this is why people are confused and there's a lot of uncertainty mm. out there. But the chart doesn't lie. And this is where looking at history can often tell you a lot about what's going to happen. So, yeah. so if we look at the last three months, so what are we looking at back to? And we're just going to do this in real time so you can see it happening. So if we go into July, so we're about the 20th of July. Is that right? Yep. So if I go from the 20th of July, now the market was rising into the election. Now, how far have we got to wait for the election? It's only like two weeks, not even Okay, that. so yeah. if the market keeps falling into the election, it's potentially a negative situation because it, it will, it could take out whatever profits made and therefore the theory about, you know, if Trump, mm -hmm. if Trump doesn't get in, um, obviously then and you would be expecting the market to be down based on that theory. Well, you'd think if, if Trump didn't get in, I would expect based on what we're saying and what history is saying is that there's the market, a sell-off there will be a sell-off mm. but is it going to be a big sell-off or not and the answer is probably not um, yeah but the, the, the interesting question is will it go sideways you know mm. for, for um, a more period of a time yeah for more but we've already said in past in mm -hmm. in like in the last month or so that we you know we we looked at returns on the marketplace and we already said we didn't think the u.s would do better than double digit returns next year well, the facts are mm. on history. This is what the mm. data shows. This is was research mm. um, that was done by um, Schwab, I think, did yeah, the research. Charles Schwab. Charles yeah. Schwab. Was that, and, and don't quote, because I don't, I think the, da the data finishes before Trump yep. was elected. Uh, so his, the research actually showed that in the first and second year that the president was elected, overall, the market does go up. This yeah. is just generally. Generally. But then in the third year, it actually is pumped hard, double-digit returns, because the, the president who's in is trying to get re-elected. So they're already on the campaign trail by, you know, playing with the, 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 the I guess, the, the steering wheel, if you like, and trying to crank the economy up by, mm. um, you know, different easing measures or tax cuts or whatever they're doing. So, I mean, Trump was different because he actually launched into tax cuts right at the start. Right at the start. So the market turned around. Initially, it fell, like you said, it reversed mm. and went straight back up again. So, look, I don't know, but I think that, you know, being from business, a business background as strong as what he is, and, and I think that he will be holding something in the pocket. And I think that, it could mean that, as normal, the market falls initially, but then it takes off yeah. if he's re-elected. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, really, just to... Are we going to talk about the Aussie market at the moment? Are well, we I just that? wanted your comment on what you oh, think okay. on, the, look, on the US market. So if we look, go back I, to a I, chart... I think it's almost a flip of the coin looking at the chart because the chart's neither really bullish, but it's neither really bearish at the moment, is it? Well, so look, you'd have to say that it's up. It's a little bit more bullish than so bearish. So it's more bullish than bearish, right, mm. coming into the election, which is interesting. Mm. But it just depends on the next week or so. If the market moves back mm. up again, then we're going to say it's a really good um, position for Trump in theory. But it's bullish because the of the trillions of dollars of stimulus packages out there. So is this a false bull? 
So that's, and are they going to release some more stimulus packages before the election? So mm. that could be another part. Well, they could just keep printing the they money. They could be printing they? the money. So that's another mm. thing. But again, I'm still thinking it's it's pretty much line ball, but probably a little bit more bullish. So that that's put a more lens to Trump. Yeah. Getting, and it wouldn't but, surprise me if he got back in that, again. But those gaps on the chart, we want mm. the market to fill it. Yeah, we do. So if we go back to the daily chart and we have a look, we've got all of these gaps here all the mm. way up. So right down to this mm. um, period after COVID, the market gapped up. We had more gaps here in, in mm. April. So that's why, I mean, I think that if we get the market pulling back below this low here, if yeah. it comes back below 3,300 and 26 okay. points. I think the market's going to fall further. That's yeah. just what I'm Oh, expecting. look, I wouldn't discount that. And, and mm. you said that, not me. So you can get into trouble if it doesn't happen. Yep. On the flip side, I always have to paint the out. Because as a trader, you have to consider, you can't be sort of looking at the future and not being prepared for both scenarios. So mm. so if the market does trade above 3,512 points, then I think it's just going to keep going up for mm. now. So that mm. could be a really bullish scenario. So, okay. So now we're going mm. to do the Australian market briefly before we finish up. Okay. So if we yep. look at the Australian market and what's coming there, I think that our market was going to feel any wave that we see from the US market. I mm. think that our market is going to, there is no doubt in my mind that it will be affected by what happens on the US market. When yep. Trump came in, our market did fall when the US market pulled back. It's not exactly the same shape, yeah. but we felt the tremors of the, the US market. And at the moment, what's interesting is that our market's almost trying to mm. track it. You know, we yeah. say that, the, that our market doesn't follow the US market and it's not as volatile as it. But because the fund managers are playing it safe, I think they're trying to follow what's happening well, in the US. I think since the GFC, it's followed a lot more than what it ever used to. And mm. whether that's the fund managers or it's, you know, all the ETFs and all the other things that are going on or whether they're trying to play it safe, I don't know. But mm. it seems to think that we're trying to... And not mirror the US, but we're trying to do a lot of things the US are doing. And I think yeah. we need to float our own boats, basically. Well, I do too. And I think I'm hoping the election mm. separates us from that, mm. like when the dust settles. Because our market, being sideways mm. at the moment, it looks like it wants to go up. Mm. That's just the reality of it. And mm. you can't say it's going to go down until mm. it's actually taken out this low here. No, you can't. Correct. You and know, I still so think our market looks better than the US at the moment for the next year. Yeah. So that's what I think. But okay. let's, to wrap up, should investors sell their shares? No is the simple answer because you don't be reactive based on information. You have already decided yeah. on your rules and you know how you're going to exit your shares and you stick mm. to it. It's that simple because if you don't follow that pattern, mm. you'll always be trying to chase your tail, find the next best bit of news that comes out about markets mm. or some information and, and basically you'll be the fish. Um, mm. the fish, you won't be the fisherman, you'll be the person receiving the fish and it's a dangerous game to play. Well, I think it? that's an important point. You know, mm. it really is often, um, how I was saying it yesterday on the market report, people are often reactive. And I was talking mm. about, does it really matter what direction the market's going? Because at the end of the day, I can only control what I can control. And that's either getting in or getting out. I can't, I can't do anything else yeah. other than that. The market's going to do what it's going to do. I mean, if the market goes down, it's still, it's great. If you're holding mm. shares, your rules will be getting you out. Mm. And then you'll be waiting for these great opportunities that we see on so many stocks at the moment that we're there just waiting for. amazing. I was looking at the top 200 just yeah. before you walked into the studio. and went, wow, there's mm. a lot of stocks looking good. And I think that's the point. It's like, it doesn't matter which direction the market's mm. doing. It's what you're going to do about it is what's your... Are you getting in or are you getting out? And what are your rules around that and making sure you're protecting your downside? But 
trade on confirmation, not speculation. And that's the other point is it doesn't matter what anybody, whether it's a, a, an expert speculating on how far a share will go in price or how far the market's going to go in price, up or down, the end of the day, you have to buy and sell shares. That's what you have to do. And you have to manage your portfolio and you have to do that on rules about if I in shares, do I stay with them or do I get out? That's and, pretty much and what I it guess is. overall, remember that the mm. market, the, the data said that overall the markets kept mm. going up yeah. with pre regardless of what president was in there on average okay. over time. So somewhere is mm. maybe short term weakness over the next month, yep. roughly, before mm -hmm. or after the election just a little bit and then yep. bullish after that. Potentially, yes. Cool. Okay, so that's it. That's our wrap. Okay, thank you everyone. Now let's get into some more emails. But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up, please, and click the like button. I know you want to. I click the like button every week. That's an old joke now, isn't it? For those of you who have been on the show, you've heard oh, him say no. that before. Haven't you heard of that? Yep. Have, okay. you, have you ever done Let's your own... Let's move on. ...surf your own name? <laughs> Next email is from um, Neil Mini. Dear Janine and Dale, you mentioned Woolworths. Oh, we like this stock. A few weeks ago, and I've been keeping an eye on it since. I felt it might hit its head, to use Janine's phrase, around $40. So I thought it was, I would stay out of it until it pushes past $40.50. However, I'd like to clarify... Is the trick to wait until it pushes past such levels or buy earlier and just recognise that it could turn back down again at 40.50? Best regards, Neil Mini. Ooh, a, that's a really good question. Isn't it? That's really it, thinking. It's so mm. somebody listens to you unlike me, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. I right. really liked it. So let's have a look at Woolworths. It's on the screen right now. So. Okay, so it is still, it's still struggling to get mm. through that level. It hasn't proven it's going to go up yet. Now, we have a look at the daily chart here, just out of interest. We can see there's some gaps down here, 38, and we've got some at 36. Now, it has filled this little one here on the left-hand side. Mm. So this is the turning point, really, for Woolies. If it's going to go up now, then it has to be do doing this reasonably quickly over the next couple of weeks. But you can see how it stopped out here in November 2019. It, it actually went mm. through it and reversed in 2020. March 2020, and then 21 August um, 2020, that's week ending again. So, you know, it's really strong, that level. So it's just, it's going to mm. be the next couple of weeks, which will tell. But will tell. I guess from my point of view, I just didn't want to be in it while it was going up and down and sideways all yeah. the time. It's just, even though we have this stock on the watch mm. list all the time and we, we like, we favour this stock, sometimes there are times not to be in it just in case it does go the other way. Well, and there's times not to be in any stock, isn't mm. there? There's sometimes to be in them and sometimes not to be in them, but... Um, yeah, because right this looks like mm. one big sideways move, right? Yeah. From this low here in, with the COVID low and the high, it just looks like it's mm. it's just coming to an apex, if you like. And so watch this space, time. that's what you're saying. Watch this space. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next email we've got is from Ryan. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. Can you please look at Goodman Group? I took a position at $19.14 last Friday. And judging by the weekly chart, there had been a bit of consolidation over the last eight weeks. However, it showed signs that it had broken out of this at the end of last week as it closed above $18.80. I'm using a 10% stop loss to protect my downside in case this is a false breakout, which means my stop loss sits a bit of a bit of breathing room below the small consolidation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the stock moving forwards and my analysis, Ryan. That's a, I, these are some great questions. Really good, isn't it? Really good. I'm interesting, and um, before you can answer it, can I just briefly say, I've had a few, yeah, well, you're, you're laughing because you're saying Dale doesn't do anything briefly, aren't you? That's what you're saying. Um, 
we've had a few people say they're learning so much of the technical analysis that we're putting on the charts. And, I, and I'm reading that going, we don't put almost anything on the charts yeah. in terms of technical analysis. That's but right. A lot of people are saying, I'm learning a lot of technical analysis, whereas we're only scratching the surface. Imagine bit. what you'd get if you came and looked at the course that we, yeah. we have. Yeah, but it's good that they're recognising it and they're learning a lot. It I is think that's good. fantastic. All right. Now, so, on yes. this one, what do you think of it? It's foolish. And he said his stop loss underneath that consolidation. He said a little bit underneath it, which is great because yeah. it means it's so not a little too bit tight. underneath here, so down around here somewhere. Yeah. So right now, if we look at here, so currently where the current price is, so he's got somewhere, you know, somewhere around there to that but last a bit trough. Lower, a bit lower than the side. Yeah. So he's got it at ten percent on his buy price, yeah. which is a bit lower, but that's ten percent to that sort of low. But ten percent, you know, I think that's fine. I don't mind that. Um, mm. You know, and I think I don't mind your entry and I don't mind your stop loss. I don't know about you. I think it looks all right. Yeah, I think, I think it's it done fine. well. I mean, as long as he's happy with the risk I think I'm going to get him to sit in this chair and do the show. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah. So we can see there it's filled a gap at the moment. Mm. So there's a potential that it may actually come, turn around and go back up if that's all that had to be filled there. I just lost control of the little you did. thing there on the screen. So that, yeah, interesting. I think I'm going to retire and Ryan's going to take my shot. He's thinking about trading, really. He is yeah. very good. I'm very impressed, right. Ryan. Well done. Um, the next email we have is from Daniel. Hi, Daniel. And he says, hi, Dale and Janine. I'm a 22-year-old. Wow. Oh, wow. Blow me away. Um, male, who, and I, who is um, very, he's just said he's a male so that we don't say it was Danielle, I think in the share market and really motivated to learn and hopefully become consistently profitable. Yesterday I bought three shares as listed below due to my belief there is a buying opportunity following my trendline analysis. Now we can only talk about one at the moment, but if you want to email again, mm -hmm. I'm just giving you a bit of a clue, then you're welcome to. Would you love your, would love your opinion on my analysis and whether or not you agree with me? So if we're looking at Cochlear, that's the first one I've got. Well, he, okay. said, he, what's he said he bought on a what? A trend line. Yeah, so look, I'm not sure how he's drawing his trend line. So well, I don't no know. If he's, on that one. I don't know if he's got your book or what he's doing there, but he needs to get the book and start having a read through it there. But I did look at the other two briefly, and I can see where he's put his trend lines, and yep. I don't disagree with him. But this one, there's not. Well, this one's actually in a confirmed uptrend now, mm, so it looks it like is. it's trending up. Mm. You know, the shorter term trend looks like it's starting to move up. Medium term and medium to long term, it's still sideways. Yeah, it is. So you just, you know, you don't know, but the, it's looking interesting, mm. that's for sure, now that it's closing up. But the end of this week will really be important because, as you can see, Cochlear is getting to an important resistance zone. Now, the one thing that's sort of, you know, interesting to me is the gap down here yeah. below $200 or around, is it 200 Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I don't know if it'll come back and fill it, but there's always the risk that stocks can do that. So right now you can see right across here, there's all of this resistance across here of it struggling to get through that. Yeah, look, I agree. As I said, I think I'd, I think the other two stocks, without bringing them up, I thought these trend lines were better on those, mm. not on this one, but I would just... Look, BLD's more volatile yeah, stock. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah, and the other yeah. one was SIM, which we know that SIMIC, um, that's the one that's got um, a yeah. huge shareholding of that is being taken over by that Spanish company. So. Correct. You think eventually that would end up going off the market anyway? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't mention... I think it's absolutely amazing that you're doing this. I really do, I think. And and I wish I was doing this at your age. I really wasn't. It was a few years. I think I was 
closer to 30 when I started buying shares, something like that. So you're getting early, so that's two thumbs up for me. You're giving it a go, another two thumbs up for me. Just make sure you've got your stop losses set underneath, and we're not saying they're going down. All of them look like they're going up at the moment. Just protect your downside risk, and, and hopefully they turn out to be some great trades for you, but thank you for sending the question in. Next one we got is from Falzia. So thank you, Falzia, for sending in your email. She says, hi, Dale and Janine, can you please shed some light on AVH? It has consistently made profits for the last three years, yet the stock has plummeted since its high and then has just moved sideways. Now the company has an amazing product line resell, I've not heard of that one, um, and sound fundamentals. I'm looking to buy and would like your opinion. Thanks and regards, Falzia. I think that's how you say it, Falzia? Yeah, I think it's a lovely name. Yeah, it's beautiful um, name. I'm, I'm just having a look at the, um, mm. this one now. You can see on the left-hand side of the chart the fall that she's talking about. Yeah. Mm. And then on the right-hand side, it looks like it's slowing down. See how mm. it's actually, the low's lower, this recent low, but it's actually, it looks like it's trying to put the brakes on and yeah, stop the fall. It does. And the question is whether it will hold or not, but it really needs to head back above this high here, so the high of 805 before we know whether it's going up again. It's as yeah. simple as that. Yeah, just, I think basically all you need to do, Fowler, is just um, hang loose for a minute and just sit on your hands and wait for it to give a bit more of a signal to get into it. Um, but I do, don't mind this one mm. at this point in time to put on your watch list. I think it looks pretty good. Yep, all yeah. right. Um, the other one we've yeah. got here is an email from yeah. email from Paul. Hi guys, I was hoping that you may be able to look at PME for me this evening. I bought into this at around mid-August at 24.79, so sitting pretty good at the moment. Wondering what you think for the medium term. Thanks, Paul. PME. Okay, Pro Medicus. That Limited. looks awesome, doesn't it? Um, what was the price? He said 24. I wasn't watching. I was falling asleep again. Okay. No, <laughs> no you went. Now this looks really good, actually. And the setup looks really nice. Mm. It's it's got great support underneath it. It's price support and it's trading up. Now, if I wasn't in this, I wouldn't be buying it right now. But, so he bought you know. it twenty four seventy nine. Mm. So I'm not sure where he where that was. It was somewhere down this sort of level here. Yep. So I'm not sure the rules. Not sure he, about the rules. The rules mm -hmm. he's bought into it. Um, in my probably a bit early in my my uh, what I would actually probably do. Probably a little bit riskier, but looking really good at the moment. So yeah. So it's held, holding up well, and and you would just run with it and and just use a good set of rules to trailing stop loss underneath it. Yeah, it is. And it, I mean, obviously it's gone up, shot up pretty pretty fast at this point in time. And, and looking at it does do that. We've had some big moves And that's the challenge with trend lines, isn't it? Because yeah. sometimes the angle of the trend can accelerate so much that you can't get a trend line under it. And you've mm. either got to trust that it's going to come back, find support on the trend line and then keep rising again, or you've got to mm. just use another rule to get out. Yeah, and I think that's where people... people when they get into those areas, and I know we see stocks, you know, they, and we, I talk about it on my stuff that I do with our students, you know, where the trend lines just follow the trend. And that's really what they do. Trend lines are a momentum indicator. That's really what they are. And they just, and they measure the rate in change of price over a period of time. So that's the technical side of it. But basically what they are is trend following tools. Um, and I know I've seen a lot of research on, you know, moving averages and exponential moving averages and moving average crossovers and everything else. And, you know, people say to us, why don't you use those instead of trend lines? Because they're already on your chart. Mm. And I go, yeah, but they don't work as well, mm. you know. And the end of the day is it's, it's about what works best. And 
trend lines won't work 100% of the time, moving averages won't work 100% of the time, nothing works 100% of the time, but it's about looking at the good times that the, the highest probability of the trend continuing upwards. So understanding how to do these, uh, apply these tools is really what we are talking about earlier on mm. um, in the show. We're talking about um, this sort of stuff. And I know we talk about it regularly about people. You need a mentor. And I was having mm. uh, a conversation with a student um, who's on our trading mentor course um, only, I think it was this morning. No, it was yesterday morning. Sorry, I was having a chat. Mm -hmm. And we were going through some some stuff that we teach, some some of the basic stuff, and she, they were, she was testing it, coming back. And I go, no, you're wrong. You've got the wrong dates, the wrong entries. You've got this. So let's have a go, another go at it again. And she had another go at it. And I go, okay, you're still wrong. Mm -hmm. And to me, even though she's read all what we're doing, and it's not that she's not intelligent. She's a really intelligent lady, but it just shows that the importance of being able to apply things correctly. Yeah. And making sure that you've got somebody who knows what they're doing looking over your shoulder and helping you. Because mm -hmm. once she's got it, she's got it and she'll be making a shed load of money out of that. And that's really where looking at some of this sort of stuff and saying, well, what is a proper entry point on this? I can't see a proper entry point on that um, at the point that he bought it at, but that's okay. He may have had one. Um, and if he did, that's a great buy. Right now, I think it looks all right. But following that with a trend line, there's an uptrend line underneath that rise mm. at the moment that I can see, or you could put one there, mm -hmm. which would protect your profits as well. But I actually like what he's doing. Mm. But it really does pay to get these things right. Um, yep. But uh, I probably need to move on to our next question. I think we've got one more now question you said tonight. Shed no? Are you trying to stop yourself? You're really thinking no, about what I've got you're my Geelong saying, hat, which gives me exemptions so on saying get anything you, that I like. I can't like. get you in the swear jar no, again. The man with the hat has everything he can say. Yeah. So I've uh, heard you swearing before. You've heard me swearing before. Uh, right. Let's go to question 11. So this is our last question, I think, or we've got 12 questions. We've got 12. On. Okay, so the next one is from Sean, who says, Hi, Guy, a company that I've been following for a few months is now always Clover Corp, CLV. It's had its growth period since 2018, and then like most stocks dropped back in March. Was just really after your thoughts as to where you see the chart going on in the future. I'm looking at the company as a minimum five-year buy and currently don't hold any stocks in CLV. Cheers, guys. Sean. So good question. Look, it's a good thing he's mm. not holding anything in it at the moment, given that it's mm. been falling and it's just dropped out of that sideways pattern. Yeah. So it was consolidating sideways here through from May all the way and then it's fallen out of it. Um, it might find support across here. There's a chance, but it won't be able to prove that to us until it's traded closer above, say, mm. 240. Could be a big doing, big, you know. big topping pattern there. I know it could mm. be, couldn't it? It could be a big um, mm. decline to come in. It's it's actually unfolded in a really nice way into the COVID low. Yeah. So there's two things that could happen. If it takes out this high, it could then meet resistance up around here, and it still mm. might fall away. Or if it actually goes down now, uh, we may mm. even see this low getting taken out. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's so, the risk. So you're mm. so what Dale's looking at is looking at the potential risk first, not what he could make first. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is exactly what I say. And this is what a lot of people don't do mm. when they're looking at stocks. And, and I often, this is something that Janine and I keep drumming into our students time and time and time again. Let the upside happen. Just work about what the risk is of buying. And we often say that when we're talking about the market or, or anything we're talking about is always about what is the risk of owning that stock right now 
So that really helps us answer, do we stay in it if we're in it or you're in it, or do we not get into it because of wherever it's because So we're always measuring the risk first, not how much we can make because it, there's an old saying, if you look after the, the pennies, the pounds will take care of themselves. So if we're looking after our risk first, then the profit looks after itself. So that's mm. really what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, so I think, you know, right now, I think that's a bit risky at the moment, that stock. That's all it was. Okay. So... Your turn now. The last email for the night. Chris, your lucky last. Hi, Dale and Janine. What is going on with APT? Afterpay. Yeah. Three months ago, all the experts were saying it's overpriced at $80. I made about 8% on it and sold it at 78 when it started to pull back. But it's just soaring right now. What's your crystal ball tell you about Afterpay for the coming months? Okay, Look, I mean, I'm going to lift up my hat. There's my crystal ball. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Look, I would have had to agree that the risk was high at that time. And we may have even commented that the risk was there that it could come back. And it did actually fall away here mm. in September. So two weeks down. But it looks like it's actually recovered from that and taken out a new high. So look, it's one of those things that... You know, you, you just don't know whether a stock's going to keep rising or not. And that's the challenge with it, which is why you have to have the rules there. Uh, we're seeing it push higher now, but it, as it keeps going up, there's just gaps all over the yeah. place. And eventually these gaps are going to be filled. And the challenge here is you don't know whether it's going to do it quickly or whether it's actually going to just, you know, fall gradually and give you a proper signal to get out. That's well, this is, this really being afterpay, it rose 200% this year. Uh -huh. Okay, it's been up in the last 12 months, I think it's like 270 odd percent. Mm -hmm. So is this a case of people buying, trying to buy yesterday's yeah, returns? Yeah, I think so. And, and it's what like what happens is, after, hmm. when, when a top's coming near, you see a bit of a decline. So, hmm. okay, it's gone down for two weeks and it's risen for more, which is a hmm. good sign that it's actually risen more than it's fallen. Hmm. But if it starts to top out up here, it means it won't have got much further past the previous peak here. Hmm. And that would show me a sign of weakness, the fact that it hasn't continued on. So I think you're right. Mm. Yeah. I think it could be a lot of people just buying the dips and trying to buy a mm. water tip. So they think, oh, what's well, cheaper now, so I'll get into it. So it really depends on whether the big money is behind this or whether it's still retail investors, because retail investors will run out of money, basically. And when they do, it'll start to come back. But it's more a systemic thing for you. It's not about what the stock's actually doing. It's about what did you do? And why did you do it? And what rules that you had around it? So why did you buy where you did? What rules do you have? And what, what was your exit strategies? And what are your rules now? Right now you're not in it, so you're not having, well, you're not a risk. I think he sold because a lot of people were saying that it was overpriced. So that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the systemic mm. thing. If you're just selling because people say $80, it's overpriced, yeah. just get out, then that's not a proper rule. Mm -hmm. um, because... It's about protecting the downside and getting out of it, yes, if you are seeing a stock come away. But what is that point yeah, for you? There wasn't even a trend line under mm, it. There was no. no rule on the weekly chart that I can there's see no to rule get out on of any it. Of our, mm. well, anything we teach, there's no rule to sell. Yeah. So if our students were had had that at the same stage, they'd still be in this stock. Mm -hmm. So, and that's that's the thing. It's about how much is it costing you, or by not having that knowledge. That's yeah, really what a lot of people point. don't understand is how much by only having a little bit of knowledge is it costing you by not having a lot of knowledge. Mm. So, but great, great question. Point. Good question. Yeah. Unfortunately, mm. we've come to the end of tonight's show. We hope that you've enjoyed the discussion tonight, and thank you for participating. Remember, your questions are important, so don't let them go unanswered. Also, if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss. Send in your ideas and we'll look at your requests for upcoming shows. Now remember to hit the subscribe button now um, and also like the video. And also remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues um, to help them stay informed or get informed. And as the participation grows, 
we can deliver more and more interesting topics for you. Now also, remember to put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube, live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. and on Facebook as well. By the way, where did you get the energy for that little now? Oh, I just find it every now and again. I've got this little cattle prod that you keep <laughs> zipping me with. Um, have I said go cats tonight? Go cats. Hey cats. So everybody's got a barrack like for Geelong. If you have your question answered on the show, either send your question in an email. Remember, video questions have priority. And you can reach us by emailing info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Remember to send in your video. Before you do this, remember to do it before 3 p.m. And if you happen to send in your email after 3 p.m., send it again the next week. It goes, in the, it goes in the filing bin. I'm um, sorry. Um, we really hope everyone enjoyed the show tonight as much as we have. As always, thank you for joining us. We really do hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck, good trading, and go cats. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.